2: This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection podcast.
0: Hello Everyone, welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 240 of the Canadians Connection podcast and I am very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm okay. I'm just glad to be here. Um, a little bit of off-season surgery yesterday. So, uh, today I'm, as Danny Galvin would have, would have said, uh, I'm moving a little gingerly, so to speak. Um, uh, but happy to be here. And, uh, and we got lots to talk about today.
0: Yeah. I'm sure like, uh, many other, uh, players that ended their season recently <laughs> they' they've probably had some off-season surgery. Uh-huh. So good time to get that done. And, uh, yeah, we have, Plenty to get through on this uh, episode here. On this first segment, uh, we're going to update you on everything related to the Montreal Canadiens. We have some news to get to. Plus, we'll give our Habs Prospect report. And in segment two, it's actually going to be a pretty uh, big segment for us. uh, And we will welcome Habs Prospect, uh, Vincennes Rohrer, for a one-on-one exclusive Rocket Sports interview. Uh, Very excited to hear that. And in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. It's going to be our Canadians Connection question of the week. And we are going to ask, who is your favorite HABS prospect playing at the amateur level? We want to hear from you. And, uh, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to us?
1: Well, the easiest way is to reach out to us by text. We've set up a Rocket Sports text line. The number is 5853 Rocket. Easy to remember, 5853 Rocket. Of course, that's 585 376 2538. Uh, text us 24 hours a day, anytime. Or if you have a little bit more to say, send us an email. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com.
0: You can also reach out to us on our social media. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. So as we uh, head into this off-season, we'll start things off uh, just with some late news from the past week in Montreal Canadiens land the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation has announced a new Bleu Blanc Bouge bursary program to, preside, to provide financial support to schools across Quebec. They've partnered up with the Grand Defi Pierre Lavoie 1,000 kilometer event, and they are motivated with a common goal to help those adopt a healthier and more active lifestyle uh, by providing financial support to schools across Quebec.
1: Uh, that group is, uh, is the cycling group. Um, I'm a biker myself, and, and uh, it's uh, a great, um, first a great charity, uh, a great initiative uh, to help uh, young people um, with hockey equipment um, if they um, uh, can afford and, and get them into the sport of hockey.
0: So make sure that uh, you're checking out the Habs notepad and Habs headlines throughout the busy offseason at HabsHockeyReport.com. The Habs notepad will be coming out on Mondays and then uh, Habs headlines will come out throughout the week. A little update for roster news, uh, the Laval Rocket have signed defenseman Miguel Tourney to a one-year, one-way AHL contract for the 2023-24 season is a five foot eight defenseman. Uh, they picked him in the seventh round at the last draft in 2022. Uh, this past season, he played in the Slovak League.
1: 216th overall at, at the last draft. Uh, small, uh, but speedy and maneuverable, uh, and had a pretty good season in Slovakia. Uh, we'll see how he'll do back in North America with the uh, Laval Rocket next year.
0: Uh, good news, bad news. The Canadians are one of the 15 teams who incur... Uh, bonus overage cap charge for the 2023-2024 season leading the way with four and a half million is the Boston Bruins just after that are the Philadelphia Flyers and Montreal Canadiens with just over one million.
1: So the Canadiens just had uh, had just over a million uh, from last year's overage one million one hundred and thirty two thousand this year about the same so the the cap Going up by a million will be eaten by that. And it's, it's because it's, as you said, good news. Um, players met uh, their requirements for a bonus. Uh, Cole Caulfield uh, met three uh, of his bonus bonuses in his uh, clause. Sean Farrell did. Uh, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris. Um, and that adds up to $1.17 million that will be deducted from the cap. Uh, next year to to cover those um, those bonuses. So good news, bad news story.
0: <laughs> uh, TVS Sports Poll asked uh, various Montreal Canadiens fans who will be the number one goalkeeper at the start of next season. And the results are in, uh, leading the way by a bit of a landslide. 60% of the vote goes to Samuel Montembeau. 7% of the vote goes to Jake Allen. Uh, and 33% of the vote goes to someone not yet in the organization uh to me this is something that's still a little bit up in the air I know that uh Montembeau has certainly had the backing of uh, a lot of uh, the media Uh, he's getting a lot of support from fans Uh, I think he had a decent season but uh, if I'm being honest uh, looking at uh, Montembeau's stats and Allen's stats I don't think they're quite that different Uh,
1: they aren't you're you're absolutely right and and uh I, I don't think we can take too much from this poll now over 4,000 people uh, responded to this TVI poll, so it's a significant number of, of Habs fans. Um, but yes, Montembeau has been a favorite of the media, both English and French, uh, Montreal media. Throughout the season, they've been promoting him, they've been cheerleading him, uh, so it shouldn't be a surprise that he leads this poll. And, and they've been pretty down on on Jake Allen um, and uh, as you said, they're they're pretty close. What's significant to me in this is that one third of of fans, one third of over four thousand fans, um, say they don't they they prefer someone who's not yet in the organization. So they're expecting a trade uh, or some sort of acquisition by Kent Hughes in the offseason uh, with respect to goaltending.
0: Yeah, so a bit of an interesting poll. Uh, We thought uh, that uh, it was cool to hear what fans had to say, but we're not uh, super surprised by all of this. And like you said, uh, interesting that uh, 33% of the fans are probably looking outside the organization when it comes to goaltending. Yeah. So now I think it's a good time to get to our winners and losers from this past week.
2: And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadian's Connection.
0: So for our winners and losers, uh, we tend to pick someone uh, within hockey, within sports in general. Uh, We go with one loser for the week, one winner for the week. I think we're staying pretty grounded uh, within hockey and lots of Montreal Canadiens Connections here. Uh, Rick, I'll get you to start with your loser.
1: Well, um, we're going to go to uh, the Canadiens Connection Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Habs Connection, facebook.com slash Habs Connection. Uh, For a nomination, and it comes from our dear friend Brian Clark, member of the team, says, uh, and he's commenting on last week's uh, podcast, episode 239. He says, Great job highlighting the unacceptable failures of the Habs medical staff. Nice work uh, covering the year-end media availability. And then he goes on to say, Can I nominate Jose Theodore as my episode 240 loser of the week? Well, we took your suggestion, Brian, and uh, you just did. He's my loser of the week, Jose Theodore. And what Brian's referring to here is a column that appeared in Journal of Morial uh, by Jose Theodore, uh, where uh, Jose Theodore criticizes um, uh, Nick Suzuki for uh, not playing at the World Championships. Um, he's in his column. He says... I don't understand why Nick Suzuki declined the Team Canada invitation at 23 years old. You don't refuse such a proposal unless you're hurt. Um, with his big eight-year contract, he may be thinking that he has nothing to gain. Um, I, I think this is—now, if you if you read Jose Theodore, you know that he's kind of a sour grapes, bitter kind of uh, columnist. Um and, and he's been very jealous and critical of Carey Price. And in this case, I thought it was interesting that he, he he's critical of, of Nick Suzuki. And we remember Nick said he's, you know, he played 82 games. It was a long season. He's pretty banged up. Um, and so that was the reason that he declined. Jose Theodore doesn't mention anything in here about um, Marty St. Louis, who uh, declined the invitation to join the Team Canada coaching staff. Um, and as we know, well, at least we're, we, we believe he doesn't have any injuries. So um, I, I thought that was kind of curious that he went after Suzuki and and uh, kind of unfairly so. Um, Brian seemed to agree here. And uh, and so we appreciate his nomination uh, for uh, Jose Theodore as loser of the week. Yeah,
0: man, it's a great pick. Uh, For my pick, I am nominating the Laval Rocket as an organization for my loser of the week. Uh, We'll talk about uh, their uh, two games that they played in the play-in round when we get to the prospect report, but uh, they were eliminated uh, from the playoffs this past week, and uh, they weren't particularly ever in it. It was not a good season for the Laval Rocket, let's be honest. Uh, The perspective I want to take here is that the Montreal Canadiens are very fortunate to not only own their own AHL affiliate, which not every team in the league does, But to have them so close and nearby, you can hop on the metro at uh, station uh, Montmorency at uh, Place Belle and you can ride for 35 minutes. You don't even have to transfer metro lines and you can hop off at Bonaventure and end up at Belle Centre. They are very fortunate to have it so close by. You would think that that's a great opportunity to fill up that roster with prospects, have them nearby to keep an eye on, uh, have them nearby so that they can call them up whenever they need. But uh, what the Laval Rocket seems to like to do is fill up most of the roster p- spots with AHL veterans. And even doing that, they were not a good team. Uh, no development was really happening. It seemed like a lot of the younger players were not being given opportunities. Um, it seems like... A lot of the AHL veterans that they brought in just have not been performing very well. This team uh, was very lucky to get into the play-in round. Had it not been for a good final week of the season, I don't think they would have even been in contention for that. Uh, So yeah, just disappointed on my end uh, that they're not taking advantage of all the luxuries they have with uh, the Laval Rocket uh, not having prospects around, I think they have an opportunity to turn things around this summer. Uh, bring in an influx of younger players, bring in a bunch of prospects, and hopefully they can uh, change the culture within the, the Laval Rocket dressing room.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It is a culture, um, and it's priority the way the the coaching staff prioritizes um, their mission really. Uh, as you said there's there's very limited development that happens, as j f wool said that would only happen in practices or when the development staff come in from the Montreal Canadiens to conduct development sessions um, they didn't they weren't winning they were a bottom third team uh, all season long. um It seems that they prioritize and j f wool said this that that they're there to play um. For the good fans of, of Lavelle. They play fan favorites. Um, and it's, it's, um, it, it's just a, 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 an organization, well, a, a team without a very good direction, at least with respect to all of the, the prospects that are coming in. Um, and their season was saved, uh, let's be honest, uh, by Ken Hughes, um, who added late uh, Emil Heineman, Jaden Struble, um Ulanen and Raphael Harvey-Penard sent down from Montreal, um, he's the one that that uh, allowed them to to have a good push at the end um, and barely scrape in uh, to the play-in round. Um, so I, I agree 100% with you.
0: So uh, now we'll take a little change in direction and uh, look at our winners for the past week. I'll start things off. And I'm nominating the New York Rangers. Uh, They are, I I think they were a little bit underrated coming into these playoffs. They were certainly not someone that was high up on my radar as a team that could be contending, even though they had a really good trade deadline bringing in Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. uh, They had five uh, back to back five to one victories on the road against the New Jersey Devils. And that that's pretty impressive uh, in the playoffs right now. Uh, I think they're one of the only teams that are currently up two uh, nothing in their series, and they. I honestly would not be surprised if the New York Rangers could uh, go four and zero in uh, this first round. So the New York Rangers are my winners
1: for this week. It's a great pick. The New Jersey Devils um, have had a had a very good season, but uh, the Rangers have just had their way uh, with them uh, so far in the series. Really um, uh, well built team um that that's got an exceptionally good goaltender and talent throughout the lineup um i've been pretty impressed with the way they've played so far in the playoffs
0: yeah and it looks like uh, the devils are going to try changing up their goaltending for game three so we'll see if that gets them anywhere but uh, my bets that the new york rangers continue to dominate so uh who's your winner for the week rick
1: I'm going to pick uh, a Baron, uh, not Justin Baron, um, but his brother Morgan, who plays with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, who in Game One of their series against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, got clipped by inadvertently by a, by a skate, um, and during the game, while the game was going on, had 75 stitches. If you've seen the pictures, uh, as you said, Michael, the, the pictures are brutal. Um, it uh, fortunate to have have missed his eye, but he ended up after all of that work, uh, coming back into the game and, and listen, he's, um, uh, he's a 20 point player. He's a utility player, uh, but he's great on the penalty kill. He's very physical. He came back and, and, uh, um, was, uh, a, a real help for the, the jets in winning game one, uh, on the, the penalty kill and with his physical play. So, um, lots of respect, um, to Justin's brother, Morgan Barron, and he gets my winner of the week.
0: Yeah, really gruesome photo. It does not look nice, and I hope that uh, heals all right, but uh, Morgan Barron uh, certainly proving that he's a a warrior on the ice. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report.
2: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So this past week, as I mentioned earlier, the Laval Rocket played in the the North Division play-in round. It's a best of three round, and we got two games out of it. Uh, Game one was at home for Laval against Utica, and Utica comes in with the shutout for nothing. Uh, to take a one nothing series lead, uh, Nico Dawes, the uh, Utica goaltender, has looked quite really good, good throughout yeah. this series, uh, getting the shutout there, uh, just essentially shutting down that Laval offense, and a uh, 4-0 win for Utica, Laval did not look like they had a whole lot of life in them throughout that game one. Uh, going on to game two, Laval on the road visiting Utica. They actually had a lead. Uh, they scored their first goal of this series in the second period. Frederic Allard uh, giving them some hope, but uh, Utica crushing that hope in the final seconds of the third uh, with the tying goal, and then uh, just under three minutes into the overtime period, Samuel Laberge scores for Utica to end the series. So uh, a bit of a short-lived playoff for Laval.
1: Uh, Laval scored just one goal in the two games um, yeah. of of the playoffs, so they weren't going to get very far. and And that was um, that wasn't their their signature. Uh, that isn't the way they made it into the playoffs. Um, they won eight of their last nine games, and in doing so, well, they they scored twenty nine goals in their last six games, I believe. Um, so they were scoring a lot of goals. They weren't. They didn't. Um, uh, they they aren't the kind of team that relies on goaltending or good defense. Uh, they had to outscore their opponent, and and um, Utica was just too strong defensively, and had uh, the goaltending was was very good, as you said, um, with Nico Dawes. At the other end, Caden Primo wasn't very good at all in in game one. Um, I thought he was better in um, in game two um but it was yeah that that was just heartbreaking um for uh, the the tying goal to go in with just two seconds left and then Utica was all all over the rocket in overtime the shots were seven to one uh, some bad defensive play to end it um by the rocket and and uh, Utica is going to go on to face the Marlies in in really what's the the first round of the playoffs the the um, the, the three-game play-in round, as I call it, um, uh, is just to to get that uh, initial group of 24 teams down to, to a more traditional 16.
0: Yeah, opening up and uh, giving opportunities for other teams to get in. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Laval was very much bested. Had they won one of those two games, there would have been a game on uh, Saturday, April the 22nd, again, on the road in Utica, but uh, that will not be necessary as, uh, like I said, Utica takes the series two to nothing.
1: And if we can just talk about development for a minute, uh, how about Simone Nemec, who spent the entire yeah. season in uh, Utica, uh, the number two uh, pick, a uh, buddy of Yuri of Slavkovsky. Um, and he said during the season, he said, I have too much to learn. I need to be in, in Utica. Um, his coach said... Um, uh, Kevin Deneen said he could. He he's got NHL talent. He could go up to the Devils at any time if they need him. But uh, Simone Nemec uh, learned the North American game and was dominant in this series. He was really good and assisted on both of of Utica's goal uh, goals in um, in this last game. Um, so just uh, another contrast in the in the way uh, that teams use their AHL affiliate.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a good point to point out, too. Uh, We'll take a look at the CHL playoffs as round two is underway for many. For some, it's actually already over. Uh, If we want to start in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League... Uh, The two series we're keeping an eye on involve Drummondville versus Sherbrooke. Of course, uh, Joshua Waugh playing for Sherbrooke, and Sherbrooke wins the series four to nothing. Joshua Waugh, 21 points in eight games. He has been phenomenal (laughs) throughout these playoffs. And uh, not too far away, uh, Gatineau Olympique versus the Huskies, and uh, Gatineau wins that series four to nothing as well. Riley Kidney playing for Gatineau. 18 points in nine games, so that rivalry continues. I would love to see these two face off against each other in a finals. Uh, if we want to move uh, just a little bit to the west, to the OHL, a uh, couple series there. Uh, Kitchener Rangers versus London Knights. That's uh, Mishara versus Logan Mayu. And Logan Mayu and the London Knights uh, win the series 4-1. to uh, Mayu currently has 10 points in 9 games. Mishara uh, only getting 4 points in 9 games. Uh, so uh Logan Mayu I've been pretty impressed with oh, him yeah. he seems to be a really good uh, quarterback on the point uh, for the London Knights they're relying heavily on this player
1: uh, these these playoffs have been fun to watch especially if you're a fan of the Canadians and their prospects because uh Joshua Walk Riley Kidney Logan Mayu they've all been tremendous in the playoffs
0: yeah and uh, a couple other uh, really good uh, prospects uh, competing in the playoffs in a series that's still underway it's a uh, Owen Beck and the Peterborough Peets versus Vincennes Rohrer and the Ottawa 67s. Currently, Peterborough leads the series 3-1. to They could end that uh, series tonight on uh, Saturday, April the 22nd if they win. Owen Beck, four points in eight games. Vincennes Rohrer going a point per game, 9-9. Nine and nine. So uh, pretty impressive uh, from him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, moving out west uh, to the Western Hockey League. Uh, we have the Prince George Cougars versus the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds, and a uh, prospect you don't normally hear about, and J- Jared Davidson playing uh, for Seattle. Uh, Seattle wins the series uh, four to nothing. Jared Davidson, thirteen points in eight games, so that might be a player that uh, fans want to start to take notice of a little bit too, eh?
1: Well, we've been trying to pr- promote and and feature uh, all of these p- prospects, but but the, uh, particularly the the lesser known types like a Jared Davidson. Um, and, uh, one of the reasons we chose to feature Vincent roar, uh, t- today as, uh, as you sit down with him for a one-on-one, um, uh, exclusive interview.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll be coming up in, uh, just a few moments here in segment two. Uh, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that one, but before we get to it, uh, NCAA news, uh, we do know that, uh, the NCAA season came to an end. And it looks like Montreal Canadiens uh, prospect Luke Tuck will be playing for Team USA at the IIHF World Championships. That's a pretty big opportunity uh, for this young prospect Uh, that could help with his development quite a bit. Um, uh, Just looking at uh, various players that have been... uh, have agreed to go to the IIHF World Championships. Doesn't seem like too many NHLers are going, so plenty of opportunities for the young guys,
1: and and that's great. and And Luke will get a chance to play with his brother for Team USA, and and I think it's a real great opportunity.
0: Uh, l- well, the last few weeks, I think we've been talking about uh, Quinnipiac goaltender Yaniv Uh Last week, he signed with the Carolina Hurricanes, an entry level contract. And there were some questions as to why the Montreal Canadiens would not be interested in this goaltender, but it's been reported that the Canadiens did offer him an AHL contract. So I guess uh, Yaniv Peretz looked at the AHL contract, looked at the uh, entry-level contract, and uh, thought that the entry-level contract would be better for his career.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and that's not a hard uh, decision to make, the ELC with the Carolina Hurricanes, and and good for them uh, in in getting a, a goaltender uh, of his quality. Uh, it was also mentioned that the Canadians were uh, a little concerned uh, about, we've we've talked about it before, that the Canadians have kind of a, a minimum when it comes to uh, height. And um, at the time, when we told you about Yaniv Peretz, of course, being from the Montreal area, um, from Dollar, that... Uh, one of the the knocks against him is that he was, um, depending on where you where you look, either six foot or six foot one, uh, a little bit undersized for the goaltending position in the eyes of the Canadians. Uh, and the other part of it is that there was some concern that um, Quinnipiac was the number one defensive team uh, in the NCAA, and whether that uh, um, boosted his his uh, the goaltender's num- numbers a little bit. Uh, I tell you who didn't play on a very good team, um, and that was Victor Osman. And we talked about him as well as being one of those goaltenders in the NCAA who may be bit, uh, available via free agency. Uh, he played for the University of Maine, and um, and and like Peretz, um, was uh, was one of the nine semifinalists for the Mike Richter uh, Award. And we know Devin Levi won that. Um, so there's, uh, if the Canadians are still looking to add to their goaltending pool, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's still a goaltender available who may be more in line with, uh, the fact that he has good size, he's six, four, and that he played on, uh, had good numbers, uh, but with a bad team.
0: So if you want to stay up to date with everything Laval Rocket, AHL, and Montreal Canadiens prospects, the best source to do that is to check out all the content at AHL.Report. Also, listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone as that comes out every single Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and you get some Rick Stevens in there as well. We'll take a look around the league uh, for some hockey news. And uh, starting things off, uh, well, we're going to have to talk about Gary Bettman again. Uh, I feel like we're talking about him (laughs) a lot lately. In a radio interview, Gary Bettman disputed the link between playing hockey and developing uh, the brain disease CTE um in one of his quotes uh, he says that uh, we listen to medical opinions on CTE and i don't believe that there has been any documented study that suggests that elements of our game result in CTE there have been isolated cases of players who have played the game who have had CTE but that doesn't mean there's necessarily a link coming from playing in the NHL and CTE
1: yeah, he he was bristly in this interview with uh, NPR, um, and he's uh, consistently denied that there's a link between CTE uh, and playing hockey. Um, he didn't like the connection. Uh, it was mentioned uh, during the interview that the NFL has acknowledged uh, a link between CTE and and head trauma, and and uh, they acknowledged that back in 2016, and and he didn't like the comparison to the NFL. Um, so I, I think I think this is more about the legal standing uh, and and uh, opening the NHL up to some some lawsuits uh, if he were to acknowledge it uh, because the medical um, the, the the medical background on this is is pretty clear I think at this point.
0: Last week, I thought we got through all the general manager firings (laughs) and coach firings. Uh, This week, we have one more to add to the list as uh, the Calgary Flames and general manager Brad Treliving have agreed to part ways. So maybe this wasn't a traditional firing per se, as this would seem more mutual. Uh, we all know the season or the off season that Calgary had last year, uh, having to trade uh, Matthew Kachuk, losing uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh as a free agent, bringing in Huberdeau, bringing in Weger, bringing in and Kadri and then proceeding to miss the playoffs. Uh, I I feel like Brad Treliving did his best to salvage the situation. I think there's still a lot of talent on the. Flames, they certainly underperformed. And uh, my question is, uh, well, why isn't Daryl Sutter taking the heat for this?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, I, I guess True Living doesn't have the, the standing, the popularity, as, as uh, the Sutter family does uh, in Calgary. Um, I, I, too, thought he did the best he could um, with the, the Kachuk trade. Um, we appreciate him for uh, the Monahan trade. Uh, for the Canadians and uh, yeah, it, it it's uh, it's unfortunate, but but uh, uh, the the Calgary Flames are moving on from Brad Treliving.
0: Toronto Maple Leafs forward Michael Bunting has been suspended three games for an illegal check to the head. Uh, this was also considered interference against uh, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Eric Chernak. Uh, very ugly hit. Uh, the puck was not even near Chernak. He was very unsuspecting of this, and then uh, it seemed like Michael Butting almost went out of his way to get the head in there. So, three games, uh, three playoff games for the suspension. This is kind of what I would like to see the standard be for stuff like this. Uh, but uh, based on a lot of other suspensions that go on, this seems to be quite heavy.
1: Uh, it's it's a stiff penalty and i think it should be a stiff penalty it was um it was a direct hit to the head uh with with um the impact the full impact of the hit uh was eric chernak's head uh it was interference and and as such um eric chernak was unsuspecting he wouldn't have expected to be hit uh there it caused an injury so all of those the reasons given by um, the Department of Safety. Uh, I, I'm I'm in agreement with them, but um, you know it, it does seem stiff. Um, but if this is the new standard, I'm I'm fine with it. Let's just be let's be, just be consistent. And and I'm not so much uh, tied to the you know the multiplier effect that that it should be different in the playoffs than uh, than the regular season. If it's a a dangerous hit as this was, uh, then then the player should receive the consequences and and listen Michael Bunting he's that type of player Um, I think he you know he had time on the on the first line but but this past season um, arguing with officials and taking bad penalties and the the embellishment the diving that was going on not that any of that had to do with it but um, I think he's a problem for the Leafs rather than a solution right now
0: Yeah, Michael Bunting is a pending UFA, I just see those dollar signs going down and that term getting much lower. So, Michael Bunting certainly not doing himself any favors by getting the suspension on top of everything else that went on this year. And uh, just before we head to break, I just want to take a moment here to acknowledge that uh, today is the one year anniversary of the passing of Guy Lafleur. Uh, Guy Lafleur, one of the all-time greats and uh, he's certainly missed by the whole community here in Montreal.
1: For sure. It doesn't seem like it's been a year, but uh, uh, five-time Stanley Cup champion. He's still the, the Canadians leading scorer, beloved uh, in, in Montreal and by uh, Canadians fans, and I know uh, missed by uh, his family. His son, Mar- Martin LeFleur, said, uh, This last year has been very difficult for our fami- family. We lost a big part of our family. Everything uh, revolved around my father. Not a day goes by that I don't think I'm think of him it's a very heavy loss and uh our 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 thoughts and prayers and and condolences go out uh to the Lafleur family
0: so now we'll head into our first break uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors draft kings and then uh, we'll get to our big topic segment uh, where you'll get to hear an exclusive rocket sports interview with the uh, Habs prospects Vincennes roar stay with us this is the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio
2: It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no sweat same game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 hope y or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources.
0: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella and you can follow me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter as well at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Plus check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. And just a little reminder here to hit that subscribe button on uh, the Canadians Connection podcast in your favorite podcasting app, wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode. And like we teased off uh, at the beginning of the show, we have an exclusive Rocket Sports interview with uh, Habs Prospect and current Ottawa 67's player, Vizenz Rohrer. Vinzenz is an 18-year-old Austrian uh, forward playing his second season in Ottawa in the OHL. Uh, last summer, the Canadians selected Roar in the third round, 75th overall in the 2022 NHL Draft. And uh, he's an interesting character. Uh, honestly, I never know what to expect uh, with hockey players. We all know there's that stereotype that some of them can be kind of boring. They don't have that uh, kind of personality like uh, Sean Monahan. And uh, honestly, uh, Vincennes is an interesting guy. He has lots of little hobbies and uh, plenty of interesting things that he has to say.
1: He's uh, an interesting player to watch on the ice too. Um, a different, you know, he's listed at five uh, ten and and a little slight, and and can look small on the ice, but uh, plays uh, a very North American style game. He's he's very physical. Um, he's uh, you'll often see him on the board. You'll see him in in traffic, um, and he has this uncanny ability to. Uh, and, and it's all to do with his positioning to, to play physical, but he takes very few penalties. He draws a lot of penalties. Um, he's a very, very smart player, and, and uh, uh, the evaluators always talk about his, his hockey sense and his, his really high compete level, and, and his coach, Dave Cameron, uh, talk about, talked about him being unbelievably competitive and, and fearless, Um, and and I think kind of a a bit of an underrated prospect uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, is one that we thought uh, you really need to get to know.
0: Yeah, so I had an opportunity to sit down with him not too long ago. Uh, We talk about his experience being drafted by the Montreal Canadiens, his transition from European to North American hockey, development in the OHL, and uh, all sorts of other things. fascinating things about him. So without further ado, uh, Vincenz Rohrer. And I would like to welcome to the show Montreal Canadiens prospect and current Ottawa 67s player Vincennes Rohrer. Vincennes thank you for taking the time to chat to us today. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. How are you doing? And thanks for, for having me here on the podcast. Yeah, no
0: problem. I'm doing very well. Uh, excited to have you here. Um, so I just want to go back and uh, ask you a few questions uh, about last summer, uh, about the twenty twenty two NHL draft. You were drafted in the third round, seventy fifth overall, uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, can you take me back to what happened uh, with that? How you found out, uh, where you were, and uh, the first people that you told about it?
3: Um, I mean, I was I was at the draft in Montreal at that time, um, and. I didn't really have like a team that I knew I was going to get uh, picked for. Um, like it was kind of sitting on the seat and kind of being on the edge. Every pick you're kind of crossing your fingers. <laughs> um, and yeah, then uh, when uh, Montreal picked me at 75th, uh, obviously it was unreal uh, in front of the home crowd too, especially with such a club and i guess my dad was with me um he was the only guy that was with me so he was obviously the first guy that found out out of my uh close circle um but yeah right after that my my brother my brother's favorite team is Montreal Canadiens so he was kind of happy there too
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have any communication with Montreal leading up to that draft? You mentioned that uh, you weren't entirely sure which team might bite on you.
3: Um, yeah, I had, I had a 20-minute meeting at the Combine with them. Um, I had, I think, one or two Zoom calls with them. Um, and at the NHL Combine, I was in the same hotel with them. So, it was kind of talk and sometimes the an elevator, uh, too. So, yeah, that was for sure contact. And I would probably say Montreal was in that around top three area where I was like, that's the teams that are probably most interested in.
0: Um, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, nice to know that uh, you were right uh, here in Montreal for the draft. Uh, how did you celebrate afterwards?
3: Uh, to be honest, nothing nothing crazy we went to a restaurant um after that with my agency and the guys that got drafted in this draft class too uh we went out to a, to a nice dinner but to be honest after that uh just going in the hotel obviously answering a lot of texts too uh, but besides that nothing nothing too too special
0: it okay, sounds pretty all right though um, was it a quick turnaround uh, for you uh, after being drafted? Uh, like, how soon uh, was Montreal uh, in contact with you, and uh, how did you spend your last summer leading up to this season?
3: Um, yeah, I guess it was kind of convenient in some way um, that it, the draft was in Montreal, so development camp was was right after, so. I didn't have to fly to, I don't know, Detroit, for instance, uh, like, like a couple, like, for instance, my buddy from Austria, Marco Casper got drafted from Detroit, and he had to fly out like the, the next morning. And that was pretty convenient for me with Montreal, just, just kind of staying there, don't have to fly anywhere. And yeah, then it gave me all the information. And yeah, it kind of happened quick.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it seems like there are more and more uh, players coming from Austria. I know you get asked about this one in almost every single interview, but uh, your relationship with Marco Rossi and uh, the comparisons. I mean, you, he was uh, formerly with uh, the Ottawa 67s. You kind of walked down that path as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship uh, with Marco and uh, how that's had an impact on your career?
3: Um, yeah, like you said, I get asked that a lot, um, and the guys in Ottawa, the players kind of know that too, so they sometimes chirp me about that <laughs> um but, yeah, I mean we live i don't know let's say three hundred meters from from each other uh he played hockey, especially with my older brother, so like all the mini stick tournaments and all the playing in, in the garage uh, was going on mostly at our place and I guess I was the youngest so I always was the goalie um, <laughs> but yeah I mean we we know us for forever um, I don't know since I'm maybe five years old and yeah I guess especially when he went that path with the thought of a 67 it was for me in some way I guess also Kind of leading where what I want to do for my next step of development.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, obviously, when he came here, he had two unreal seasons, so it was for me not too hard of a decision to to come over here and make the same step because you saw what he did.
0: Um yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool and uh, I know that this is going to this is your second season uh with the Ottawa 67s. Uh can you talk about uh, how your time has been in Ottawa and how that's uh, helped your development?
3: Um I mean for me I guess coming from Austria uh but playing in Switzerland one of the biggest differences when I came here is obviously the the level the level of playing. Um, I mean for me it's it's probably the best junior I mean totally the CHL but like probably the best junior league in the world and if you can play in that um, I mean obviously you you develop automatically um, and then especially with Ottawa I mean, with their whole staff with Dave Cameron as the head coach having so much experience with James Boyd being the GM uh, and doing such a great job and just the whole, the whole thing around it. Um, what Marco always described was just, just love for the organization, um, and that's what I felt when I when I came here.
0: Uh, Dave Cameron, I've listened to him many times. Uh, be very complimentary of you. Uh, talk about your high hockey IQ and uh, how good a player you have been. Uh, such hardworking as well. Uh, can you talk about how being with the Ottawa 67s has helped you, I guess, uh, get used to the culture in North America. You talked about growing up in Austria and then playing some hockey in Switzerland. Uh, Have you found it to be different? Uh, Has this been a nice transition into North American hockey?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, talking about the differences, uh, I guess, obviously the small ice surface here in, in North America was one of the first adjustments I made when I came over here. Um and just in general I think the playing style of not turning pucks over and not maybe I don't know just dangle around on the big ice surface like I sometimes did in Europe is for sure adjustable or was a big adjustment for me when I came here. Learning all the all the stuff, all the strategy. Um but yeah I guess uh yeah it was not too too hard.
0: Uh did you speak uh, English before you moved to North America? Was that something you grew up with? Oh yeah, it's
3: like basically everybody that grows up in Austria, Switzerland, Germany, everywhere around this area um learns English, I guess, when he's I don't know, starts the age of 8, 7. I think it starts really early and it's always one of your main subjects in school. So, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I imagine that that certainly helps uh, with the adjustment to uh, moving to a completely different country and whatnot. Yeah. Um I know that uh, during your time with the Ottawa 67s, uh, Montreal Organization and Rob Ramage have probably been in touch with you quite a bit. Uh, can you talk about how often they reach out and if there's any specific like advice that they've been uh, giving you along the way?
3: Um yeah like you said, um there are a couple couple of different guys coming always to Ottawa, and they always invite me for lunch or for dinner after games, and then you always talk about obviously little details um I guess the biggest the the i don't know things that I for sure remember is it's it's a lot of players are okay, but you gotta be gotta be really good obviously. Mm. Um and yeah no, know I mean I'm always in touch with them and they always come down and look really good after me so that's that's really enjoyable.
0: Uh do they give you any advice uh, for like off-ice training like do they have you keep like a journal for like uh, your exercise routines or dieting at all or do they mostly just focus on your on ice?
3: Um I think mostly on ice for now. Um, they always have the resources. Like I, when I wanna, like they have all the resources. If I, for instance, wanna go on a diet, uh, I talk with with the person that I like. I have the number of the person that I can contact, and she she helps me with that. Um, so like they're for sure, like they they provide anything. Um, But it's not like that they stick it down your throat and Mm -hmm. say, there, you, you have
0: it. Makes sense. And uh, I know this season, uh, you've accomplished quite a bit, uh, getting drafted, Uh, you also made an appearance at the World Juniors. And it seems like you've also doubled your point total uh, this season in fewer games than the season before. Uh, In the playoffs, it looks like you're on a point per game pace so far. Uh, Can you talk about uh, what has really clicked with you this season? And uh, is there any other personal goals that you want to get out of this year?
3: Um, I mean, for me, talking about goals, obviously, with our team that we have right now, it's um, obviously win, win the championship uh, is for sure the goal for us as a team. Um, individually, I would say it's probably kind of talking around the question here and making myself easy, but it's probably, I, I guess, just play as good as I can. Uh, and I think I've done a pretty good job so far in the playoffs now and I want to keep continuing how long I can um, I guess that's the <laughs> that's the goal
0: individually Yeah, that's a pretty good goal to have, I'll give you that yeah. one uh, yeah. Can you talk about uh, your experience going to uh, the World Juniors? Uh, what do you feel you got out of that?
3: Um... Yeah, it's, it's obviously always an interesting debate with playing with Austria what what really the world juniors is is like um I mean for me it's it's still um you see the best players in your around your age group uh coming together at one spot and I think it's one of those eye opener moments like for instance if you go for for an NHL camp the first time it's or like you kind of come out of your bubble of your where you play, you kind of see the whole world mm-hmm. and then you kind of realize, all right, <laughs> there are a couple of good other players too. Like it's kind of a, kind of a wake up call for you.
0: Yeah, I, I could imagine. Uh, but to overall, uh, did you enjoy that experience? You think that that uh, helped your development a little bit? You said it was a bit of an eye opener.
3: Yeah. I mean, for for me, I guess everybody that goes there enjoys it. I mean, it's just a number of 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 guys that can go that can go there. So you obviously feel really blessed. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was also at some point it was nice to see my Austrian friends too. Uh, mm-hmm. When I play here, I see them always when we come together for national team. But yeah, it was for sure a really good experience. Yeah.
0: And uh, taking a little bit of a change in pace, uh, I know Ottawa 67 is currently making their way through the playoffs in round two at the moment. Uh, Have you thought past uh, the playoffs at all into the summer? And have you made any plans for this upcoming offseason at all?
3: Uh, For sure. For sure. thought about it. Um, But no, nothing really decided anything yet. And also, what I'm going to do in the summer, yet yeah, it's it's all still uh, open. Um, and yeah, I'm probably going to worry about that after after the playoffs more. Oh,
0: of course. Makes sense, uh, taking it game by game, and uh, you're amidst a pretty big fight right now. Um, are you looking forward to uh, joining Montreal Canadiens' development camp and uh, possibly joining the training camp uh, next uh, September as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess everybody that is a prospect of them it's always looking forward to it like i mentioned before it's one of those events within the year where you really see so many so many good other players where like i said before the eye eye opener moments and yeah i mean i guess that's gonna gonna be great
0: And uh, just a couple questions left for you. And uh, hopefully these ones are a little bit more fun. Um, I know that uh, you are a frequent meditator. Uh, Can you talk about (laughs) how that has impacted uh, your life? And uh, do you have any other special off-ice routines or superstitions? Uh,
3: Um, yeah, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, I guess I started meditating. I don't know to be honest a pretty long time ago like three years ago Mm -hmm. four years ago and i don't know it just helps with 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 so many things and it's kind of a i i sometimes don't even see it as as meditating anymore it's more of kind of you just do it uh it's kind of a daily routine type of thing um but i don't know i guess i do all the (laughs) all the boring stuff I i play piano i like to play chess i like to learn languages Uh, yeah i guess all the boring stuff you can imagine i probably do especially this season and last season since i'm in canada Mm -hmm. Um, when you have the ohl schedule uh, you have a lot of times in the afternoon and that's sometimes how i spend my time
0: yeah um, I guess away from the ice, uh, it, when you do get into uh, off-season, uh, is there anything specific that uh, you tend to do? Do you like to travel back home to Austria? Do you like to focus more on uh, hockey or is there anything like that?
3: You, you mean in the summer?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I
3: guess the first thing is going to take, take a couple days off after the season. Uh, it's for sure a thing I'm looking forward to in some way too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I guess the plan is 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 going home after the season, um, and see my family and all my friends that live there. Um, and besides that, obviously for me it's a it's a really important summer, especially physically in the gym. So that's for sure a priority. Um, in the summer. Uh, besides that, I like to play golf. Uh just get a look that I don't get too addicted to it <laughs> and yeah just spend time with the family I don't know go on the beach a little bit swim a little bit have a have a good time
0: oh, yeah that sounds like a lot of fun uh, <laughs> I have to ask this next question because it seems to be deeply ingrained into everyone's culture nowadays but uh, are you a big Netflix and chill kind of guy do you uh, watch any shows or anything like that
3: uh, I actually do I kinda of almost feel like there is not nothing left anymore <laughs> uh, after every after every series I'm like, like i I don't know i make a i send out a snap maybe to my friends and ask her right, what what's their top three favorite Netflix series but yeah, I for sure like to
0: to watch a good show yeah, is there any uh one that you've watched recently that you really enjoyed um recently.
3: I don't know. I f- for sure, one of my favorites is Suits. Um, I mean, Prison Break is, I guess, all time, all time one. Uh, uh, what else is there? Uh, Breaking Bad's pretty good. Uh, I guess, kind of the main ones that I guess most of the guys watched already.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty good. You seem to have pretty good taste there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> one last question for you before I do let you go. Um, is there any uh, favorite hockey player that you had growing up or somebody that you try to model your game after?
3: It's uh, a good question. Uh, I don't know. I guess I always liked Detroit with, with Sederberg and Detsuk. Um and I heard apparently every North American guy says that <laughs> that that's Yo is or like the the europeans I think a lot of europeans that's yuk mm-hmm. is one of their favorite players um but I guess he's he's up there for sure, so i i really I really enjoyed his
0: game. That's a pretty good pick. I do like that player, too. So, yeah. yeah. He's a very talented, I think, one of the most underrated guys all time as well. Eh? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you again. I uh, really appreciate you uh, spending the time uh, chatting with me. And uh, best of luck in the playoffs. And uh, good luck uh, with your career going forward. I know that uh, we'll be monitoring it. And it seems like you have a very bright future ahead.
3: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot again for for having me on the podcast here. Uh, yeah, I also wish you uh, a nice day.
0: Thank you very much.
1: That was a terrific interview. Um, he he was great with you, and and uh, the questions you asked uh, really gave us a, a a new perspective on on who this player is, uh, both on and off the ice. Uh, I like his his sense of humor. I like that he's down to earth, um, and uh, and and that he's a, a bit of a complete player. And and uh, what an enjoyable insight into uh one of the canadians uh very positive uh, prospects
0: yeah so big thanks to him for uh, taking the time to sit down and chat with me and also a uh, big thanks to the ottawa 67s organization for helping us set that up uh really appreciated uh, the time he had to offer and uh, getting to know him like you said uh, underrated sense of humor and uh, somebody that i don't think that uh, too many people are talking about underrated prospect for sure and uh was very happy to have this opportunity. And I'm uh, sure our listeners also enjoyed uh, listening to that as well. It uh, ties in nicely with uh, what we have coming up in the third segment, our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. Who is your favorite Habs prospect playing at an amateur level? Uh, Make sure you let us know. And uh, for now, we'll uh, take our final break on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. This is Canadian's Connection on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadian's Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com.
0: Welcome back to episode 240 of the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also check out the website canadiansconnection.com. And this is a very interactive podcast, so if you have anything to say, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And once again, very big thanks uh, goes to Vincent's Roar for joining us uh, in that last segment for that exclusive interview. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. Uh, uh, Habs prospects are going to be a big topic going forward. We did our best to cover them throughout the season on this podcast. And as we head into the offseason, uh, there's going to be plenty of Habs news to talk about. It's going to be very difficult to keep up to date. And uh, here at Rocket Sports, we got you covered. And here's what you need to know. Please head over to HabsHockeyReport.com and weekly you can check out Chris G's Habs Notepad. You can find all the Habs news there. Also, we like to sprinkle in Habs headlines throughout the week. Also, on uh, our YouTube channel, I just you can find that by searching just at All Habs. It's uh, the at all, at all Habs YouTube channel. Weekly on Thursday, Amy Johnson puts out the Habs Hockey Report. That's another place to get all your Habs news, and she also has some interesting discussions. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to that, hit the like button, and leave a comment. Uh, Amy is great at interacting with all the listeners. If you leave a comment, I can guarantee she will reply. And if she likes it enough, she'll even read it on air. Also, our uh, Rocket Sports podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe to The Press Zone. Uh, that's going to be your inside source for the Laval Rocket and everything Habs Prospects. Make sure you check that out at the PressZone.fm and you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, we're going to continue to come out every single Saturday throughout the summer, While all your other favorite podcasts and radio stations stop talking hockey, stop talking Montreal Canadiens, we're going to continue. Uh, We have always something interesting to talk about, and we'll keep you up to date with that. So hit that subscribe button. Never miss a single episode.
1: Yeah, please do subscribe. We noticed uh, last week we had a a bump up in in our... um in our our downloads. So, um, but and we're happy with that, but make sure you subscribe and, and pass on to your friends as well that the Canadians connection. We've been around um, in one form or the other since uh, 2011, a dozen years uh, doing a podcast every Saturday afternoon about the Montreal Canadians. So we have the experience, we have the connections and we can bring you the Canadians connection uh, every week. uh, As uh, Michael said, throughout the summer as well.
0: And um, on top of that, we want to make sure that we interact with our listeners as well. Uh, Our Canadians Connection question of the week. Who is your favorite Habs prospects playing in the amateur level? So we know the CHL playoffs are underway. We have some uh, very popular prospects, some more known names like your... uh, Owen Beck or your Riley Kidney or Joshua Wah as uh, one of those players or is it somebody that uh, maybe doesn't get talked about enough uh, like uh, we just had him in the second segment of Vincennes Roar a bit of an underrated guy uh, we talked about uh, Jared Davidson in uh, segment one as well we want to hear from you uh, who's your favorite Habs prospect playing at the amateur level
1: and text us uh, text us uh, make sure if you do that you include your name and where and your location but text us at 5853 rocket or or head to our um, Facebook uh, page, and that's facebook.com slash connection.
0: Yeah, always something interesting happening on Facebook uh, every now and then. Uh, some Leaf fans or some Bruin fans <laughs> show up, but uh, our listeners have been good about keeping them in their place and uh, sharing our good informed opinions. Absolutely. So uh, it's a little ways off, but uh, something to look forward to coming on May the 8th is the NHL Draft Lottery. Uh, Lots of implications for the Montreal Canadiens as uh, they are in the bottom five of the league. So they have the fifth best odds at that uh, number one pick. Uh, So we'll look forward to that and we'll keep you up to date. Uh, Right now, uh, we're towards the end of April, so May 8th, fast approaching. And uh, I think uh, that's going to be a wrap for us today. So thank you all for listening. Uh, Please make sure you hit that subscribe button in the player for the Canadians Connection podcast. And share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, April the 29th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.